Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks Podcast Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. As I mentioned, it's all free. You can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, and Spotify. They're all free. (laughs) It's freer than a tax return. Oh, yes, it's that time again, tax season. wonderful time of the year where we get to be punished with a fine for being productive citizens only to celebrate when they give us back our own money that we overpaid to the government download the apps get the info it's cheaper and i promise i won't tax you for it everybody doing today praise god well it's a good thing we know who our provider is and it is not mother government praise god for that well we are in a in a series here titled the gifts of the spirit those nine amazing supernatural wonderful gifts here that are found in first corinthians 12 let's look at them again quickly now concerning spiritual gifts brethren i do not want you to be ignorant there are diversities of gifts but it's the same spirit There are differences of ministries, but it is the same Lord. There's diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills, 1 Corinthians 12. So we've been looking at these because, well, there is an ignorance. Overall, the church has been ignorant concerning these gifts, where we often see the confusion coming from uh, some who do not know anything about the gifts while others, yes, have heard of them, only to confuse them with the things that can be done by faith at any time. Others have acted like, oh, so-and-so has the gift of, and they would fill in the blanks with these gifts. Others, again, confusing the idea that they can't do certain things that we've been told that we can do by faith, but, but I can't do that because I don't have the gift, and so they're not understanding what about gift or, or what, about the, you know, what about faith, what, what, what can we do through the gifts, what we can do through the faith, through faith. So a lot of this confusions, along with ignorance about how the gifts come, what their purpose uh, is, who can do what and when and why, and so we just want to chip away at that a little bit, this lack of knowledge, because the church has experienced some destruction from not knowing. We have had some captivity because of a lack of knowledge, but I say no more. No reason to be ignorant about these gifts. We have looked through, what, seven of these, seven of the nine, seven of the nine gifts, and uh, we have seen some pretty amazing things where 
We can begin to see at times uh, the gift in operation as the Spirit wills, and we can see that, hey, I have faith based off the Word of God, and I can do this on purpose with a purpose at any time that I'm led to do so. So again, what am I saying? We're, we're balancing this back out again. What are the things that we can do by faith? What are the things that are the gift in manifestation? And so today, again, here is a very misunderstood gift. And this one, I'm not even going to do it justice, really, guys. I mean, I... I could spend a lot of time on what the gift is not and focus a lot on what we can do with this particular topic I'm going to talk about today by faith. Because again, as many of these gifts, there's the workings of doing some things by faith that we can do, and yet there's the gift specifically as the Spirit wills. And this is this is definitely one of those um, that has, has really had some some issues here. Uh, with with a lot of um, controversy, very misunderstood gift of the Spirit. This one's created a lot of controversy. It's divided denominations and believers alike. What about the gift of tongues? The gift of tongues, that supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in languages not understood by the mind or the speaker, nor necessarily always understood by the hearer. Let's talk about this one to another divers or different kinds of tongues. So here we go, because what we have with this one is, well, you guys pray in tongues, but you shouldn't because it's supposed to be the gift only, and you can't just pray in tongues whenever you want, and, uh, you know, you can't just, you know, sometimes we hear in church, hey, everybody just pray in tongues. Uh, or in our own private prayer life, we begin to pray in tongues, and there's others that come along and say, you can't do that. It's, it's a gift. You can't just do that whenever you want to do it. You can't just pray in tongues whenever you want to. And, and so, and it always has to have an interpretation. So you, you know you can't just be in your closet praying uh, and, and you guys can't, you know, corporately even pray in tongues. You can't do that unless there's interpret, you know, there's an interpretation. You shouldn't do it. In the pulpit, it just confuses people. And, well, so let's talk about this. Different kinds of tongues. Tongues. Now, let me say this right away. The Bible's very clear about the speaking in tongues. That for one, it's not of the devil. It is for today. Every believer can and should and are encouraged to do so. Now, there are those who preach against this kind of thing, and I'm going to tell you they are in error. They're in great error. Well, we don't believe in tongues. Well, here's the deal. Then you do not believe in the gifts of the Spirit, which I suppose you couldn't just uh, pick and choose. You can't just pick and choose. Right? You, you, You don't get to just say, well, you know, we believe in this one but we don't believe in that one. You know, if, you, if you're going to sit here and say, well, we don't, you know, our church doesn't believe in tongues. Our denomination, uh, we're not into all that tongues. Well, there's a gift of the Spirit here that involves tongues. And you can't just believe in, in, in just one and not the others. I mean, and you can't just not believe in this one. I mean, because then we would have to call the other eight into question as well. We hear this all the time. We don't believe in that stuff. Well, it is a gift of the Spirit right here. And the gift has nothing to do with linguistic abilities as far as being something learned. It it has nothing to do with the mind or the will of man, man's intellect. It is a vocal miracle, if you will. It is supernatural. So the gift of tongues is the most prominent of the three vocal gifts of utterance or the utterance gifts, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Now, I'm not saying it's the best because we know whatever Holy Spirit is choosing to manifest at any time would be the best one that we need at that time, but I'm just saying it is the most prominent one. 
So we have a lot of people who would really question tongues overall, you know, why do you guys do it? Why, why do you make such a big deal about tongues when so many other denominations don't? I mean, is it really required to get into heaven? No, no, it's not. I mean, is this a part of having to have this as part of your salvation? No, it's not. It's not. And so that's why a lot of people just say, then why are we messing with it? Why, why are you messing with it then? Why is this something that you seem to make a big deal about? Well, we don't, but it would seem like we do, and here's why. For one, uh, it's others that are making such a big deal about it because they don't do it. Raised in places that talk against it. And so when it comes up, somebody makes a big deal out of it. Well, what's it going to do? It's going to draw us into a discussion about it. And so, of course, we're going to, those of us that do believe in it, we're going to defend it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to, and so it seems like, oh, you guys make a big deal out of it. I don't walk around saying, I pray in tongues. Hey, I pray in tongues. Why don't you pray in tongues? I pray in tongues. Why are you not praying in tongues? No, it's the other. It's the opposite. Why are you praying in tongues? We don't pray in tongues. Why are you praying in tongues? And so it does seem like if there's a discussion, you know, we don't stand in the pulpit and, and preach against those that don't pray in tongues. Well, we don't believe in churches that don't pray in tongues. No, they get up and say things against churches that do and ministers that do and believers that do. They're making a big deal out of it. But if you want to get into a discussion about it, so we shall. Uh, Also, we being those that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these are one of the evidences of that event in your life. So it's kind of a side effect, if you will, that uh, that when you, uh, um, when we really are more so focusing on Holy Spirit and his influence in our lives, this is a part of that influence. Utterance in tongues is a public gathering, in the public gathering, is the least of the gifts, and is more widely dispersed, and so it's something that's done frequently. I'm just talking about praying in tongues outside of the gift. Now, this particular gift is one that's really distinctive to this time in history, if you think about it, this dispensation. Because we can see all the other gifts of the Spirit in operation in the Old Testament, but not this one, and not interpretation of tongues. So we do see this widely used today as New Testament believers, and we do see the Apostle Paul really talking about tongues because there was then, as there is now, a great misunderstanding when it does come to tongues. So we do discuss it a lot, and, and, and uh, we manifest this a lot because the, the, the Bible talks about it a lot. And so how in the world, the real question should be, why don't you? Why don't you guys do it? Your pastor, your denomination, how did you turn this into a denominational issue? The Bible is filled with undeniable scriptures that specifically speak about tongues and how in the world can anybody say, we don't believe in it, we don't do it. That's very interesting to me. It's all here. There's a whole chapter on tongues, on how to do it, when to do it, why to do it, what's the gift, what's not the gift, what's your personal prayer life, how it benefits the believer, what its purpose is. I mean, we've got a whole chapter in the Bible that talks about it, and people are just going to rip that whole chapter out and say, well, we just don't. Come on now. Come on now. Same with healing, many other things. We've made some uh, some basic biblically correct issues into denominational issues somehow, and we roll on and we've accepted it as that. Not to come against these gifts and specifically tongues is very, uh, you know, to come against these things. It's, it's, it's very unscriptural. It's very unbiblical. It's very serious, friends. Make no mistake about it. I'm pretty sure that if I asked denominational churches, do you believe in the great commission that Jesus left us? I would suppose they'd say, well, of course, we're supposed to go forth and, and, and preach to all creatures and, you know, and baptize. And okay, well, I would suppose they would say, yes, well, my goodness, we have a problem then. Jesus said in Mark 16 and verse 17, and these signs will follow those that believe. 
In my name, they will cast out demons. <laughs> That's a whole other deal. And they will speak with new tongues. Now, this is, this is pre the book of Acts, right? He's already saying, as he's getting ready to leave his ministry upon the earth, and he's going to leave us some instructions. Hey, they're going to speak in new tongues. You're going to see that happen. So this poses a problem in many ways for some denominations. Casting out devils <laughs> goes on to say laying hands on the sick as well. But here it is. They will speak with new tongues. Well, well, I mean, he's saying French or Spanish. No, no what's, he, what's he trying to say? So some people try to say, well, we're going to talk different now that we're saved. You know, we don't tell dirty jokes or vulgarities. And so that's a new tongue. Really? Really? Come on now. I know people by human willpower that are not born again that actually don't cuss and aren't vulgar. They're just good people that were raised right by their mama that aren't filthy. They're just good people that don't talk that way. Come on now. He's talking about supernatural things. And he said unto them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. So what are we saying? Well, four out of five of these things are supernatural, just not the tongues part. No, he said this is a sign that would follow a New Testament believer. They shall speak in new tongues. Now, this is Jesus. This is the head of the church telling us this is a commission. It's not a suggestion. You shall speak in new tongues. Well, Donnie, John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit. He didn't speak in new tongues. The, the Old Testament prophets of God, I mean, they, you know, they had the Holy Ghost, but nobody was speaking in tongues. True, but you understand all of them were under an old covenant. They were not baptized in the Holy Ghost. They didn't have that second separate experience as we see take place in the book of Acts. All these men were under the old covenant. What took place to them is an example for us now, but we're desiring the Holy Spirit in our lives as influences based off the dispensation we live in now, new and better covenant. So what do we do? We go and look in the book of Acts. We don't go back to the old. John the Baptist was a prophet of God under the old covenant. Jesus said in Matthew eleven eleven, as surely I say unto you, those that are born of women, of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he's the least in the kingdom of heaven. He that is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. He was saying John was a great guy and all, but he's no better or worse than anybody else. So it's amazing as he was under a new and better covenant, we get what was in the old plus, plus, plus. So I say that because people get kind of upset with us faith people or charismatics. Oh, you just scrap half the Bible. No, we don't necessarily do away with the old, although some things didn't make the cut into the new, but others did. But they're doing it in a different way. I guess it would be like this. I can have a $50 bill. And, and uh, now I have a new and better covenant. I'm going to give you another 50. Well, I want the 100. I'm not going to totally do away with the old. It's going to be the old plus plus. So there's some things I don't have to do. There's some things that made the cut. So tongues is a, a devotional gift. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, now I'm talking about just you and I, our personal usage of praying or what we call speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about the gift being manifest. I'm talking about what any of us can do by faith. So Paul writes this at the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18. He said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. 
So he was trying to explain the purpose of tongues and what the benefit of this would do for them. So he's saying this is primarily a devotional gift to be used in our prayer life, in the praise and the worship of God. He was trying to let them know that, hey, only a few believers would be used in what we call the public ministry of tongues. Because like what 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 30 said, do all speak in tongues? And this is where people will take that out of context and say, well, see, he's saying, no, not, no, not everybody's going to speak in tongues. See, you can be filled with the spirit and not speak in tongues. No, no, no. You're taking that scripture out of context. Paul is specifically talking about the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit as the spirit wills, not the personal usage in your prayer life tongues. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 30, God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, helps administrations, varieties of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets? Well, now we know the answer. Are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Notice what he said, gifts of healings. He didn't say the gift of healing. He didn't say, can all people heal? He didn't say, can all people work miracles? Can all people teach? Can all people prophesy? No, he's being very specific. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Again, no. No. Workers of miracles? No. Do all have the gifts of healings? No. But when Jesus said that believers can lay hands on the sick, yes. But do all have the gifts of healings? He, again, he's talking about the specific gift, not the things that we've been encouraged to do by faith at any time. So what I'm saying is we, should, we, we shouldn't be so concerned about the ministering in tongues and interpretation, but we should primarily be concerned with maintaining tongues in a place where we allow it the room that it deserves in our personal daily prayer life and in worship to God. So let's not forget the speaking in other tongues. It's not just the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit's indwelling. It, is, it, it should be a continual experience for the rest of our lives to assist with our worship of God. It's like a flowing stream that should never dry up. And believe me, it will enrich the life of the believer. Oh, man, there's so much I could say about this in our personal life, but I want to focus on the gift. So again, uh, we'll probably talk about tongues and being baptized in the Holy Ghost some other time. So again, when we see the Apostle Paul, notice what he said, 1 Corinthians 14, 18 and 19. I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, oh, wait a minute. So he says, hey, I thank God I'm speaking in tongues more than all of you, but while I'm in the church, so what is he saying? I'm doing this outside the setting of a church gathering. He's talking about I thank God I have my own personal usage of tongues and I pray in tongues all the time. I mean, I, that's what he's saying. I'm praying in tongues all the time. I'm praying in the spirit all the time, guys. But, but when in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, look at this. Don't make it say what he's not saying. He's not saying don't speak in tongues. What he's doing is what? He's trying to give you some parameters. Right? So uh, if you just got up there and just start speaking in tongues, well, everybody's going to be like, what? What? I mean, minus the gift. If I just got up there by faith and just prayed in tongues and just prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues, again, not for the purpose of it being interpreted for my own personal usage. If I just got up there and I begin to pray in tongues to the father, my spirit praying to his spirit, uttering those things I don't know, right? Well, it doesn't benefit anybody. And if there's any non-believers there, it's very confusing to them. What in the world is this? 
And yet, if it's the gift and manifestation by the Spirit of God and say that God chooses me, if you will, if the Spirit of God would choose me to do so, and I got up and I, and I, and I spoke in tongues under the utterance of the Holy Spirit of God, for the purpose of it being interpreted, then God would move upon someone to interpret. Well, now the difference would be what? Well, we can have the understanding and even the non-believer could say, what was that? And then that person says it. Oh, that's what it was. Well, now, wait a minute. What just happened? Oh, that's the gift of speaking in tongues. And that's the gift of interpretation of tongues. So he's not saying don't do it. It's just a teaching, right? He's not saying don't do it. Now, this isn't a teaching or a preaching gift. If I got up on Sunday and just spoke in tongues for an hour, people aren't going to get much out of that. It would edify me. It'd build me up in my most holy faith, but it wouldn't be profitable for you as though if I taught the Bible or what the Spirit of God wanted me to teach or preach in English. But again, don't mistake this. Paul wasn't coming against tongues. He's trying to get you to see the distinguishing of the two. There's the private and the public usage. Now, again, that's not to say that we wouldn't come together in public and pray in tongues corporately, each one. It's not to say we wouldn't do that because we can do that. But again, there's a difference. There's a difference. The gift in operation or the private prayer life usage. But back to the gift of tongues, God will use people in that ministry in public. And and so this is the danger in people not knowing uh, what's what. So you're going to have some, you're going to have somebody who the spirit wills to manifest through. They're going to give that publicly. And here's here's where uh, some of our issues come. So the Spirit of God will move upon Sister Becky over here, right? As the Spirit wills, the gift manifests in her life. She gets up, Rondai, Shondai, who shot the rabbi, right? She gets up, she speaks in tongues. Then you got so-and-so over here that's like, well, I, I can pray in tongues too. I can pray in tongues too. And so they'll stand up and they'll do it as well. But really, that's just their personal usage for them and not the public gift. And it creates confusion in people because there'll be no interpretation of that one. And so then people sit there and they're like, what, what, what was that? And it's that person being ignorant, not understanding the difference because they're like, well, I pray in tongues. She got up and said something. I'm going to say something. Now somebody interpret it. Well, not if it's not the spirit of God, if it's just your, if it's just your personal usage, you get what I'm saying? And so really this is kind of the same for all these other gifts as well. God trying to convey a message to the people publicly, corporately, the body. And then there's God trying to talk to you personally personally about you. And so this is, again, (laughs) this is just some of the danger we run into when the Holy Spirit is manifesting and we don't fully understand when it's the gift, then the people knowing that by faith, there's some things that we ought to do. Sometimes somebody will jump up and try to act like it must be the gift then. And I have that gift too. And it's totally out of place because it wasn't as the spirit wills. And this creates confusion. And so a lot of times somebody will get up and give a word of the Lord. Well, that word was just for you. It wasn't for everybody. And you can tell people sit there like, what, what? So the gift specifically isn't for everybody. And that's what Paul was addressing here with these guys in 1 Corinthians 14, 27 through 28. He said, if anybody speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. What's he saying? There's your personal usage of that. That yes, if you feel that, then yes, you be quiet in the church. Don't don't just get up and do it in the church. If it's not the spirit, you be quiet. Go ahead and pray, meaning you're doing it yourself to God. So again, we need to be very careful with this one as we do all of them. 
But at the same time, right, what are we saying? Don't, don't be afraid to allow Holy Spirit to manifest. But at the same time, we have to really have an understanding on the flip side of every one of these. Every single one of these, I could go and show you a natural side, um, a faith side of each one of these gifts as well. And that's what's brought confusion to us. When we didn't know about the gifts and how they come and their purpose, we're so getting it confused with the things that we can do by faith. And so we've kind of cross-contaminated the two and we didn't allow room for the gift at times while other times it wasn't the gift and we allowed room for tongues and we got up and we did some things and so again I've seen it too many times like this when the ball gets rolling sometimes and everybody wants to jump up with the word from the Lord and I mean you got 15 people grabbing the microphone and and uh, two-thirds of them it was just something very generic that God was dealing with them but the ball gets rolling and they get excited and they think they have a word and man it just sucks the life out of the room when that happens because it wasn't for everybody it might just be for you so be very careful in interpreting which is which. And that's why it's going to be very important for us not to be ignorant about the gifts. And hey, not to be ignorant about the gift giver either. But all these signs will follow them that believe. Do you believe today? Are you a believer today? Well, these signs should be following you. There are great evidences of your belief. They shall speak in new tongues. But now, do you all have the gift of tongues? No. But can all pray in tongues? Yes. we all get up and speak in tongues publicly as in having a word for the people through this no should we all be ready to be used by holy spirit as he wills to operate in the public use of the gift in tongues yes what is your private prayer life done by faith that brings edification to you builds you up the other is the gift of the spirit in manifestation to profit the body of christ time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I'll be attempting the ridiculous and achieving 